0: Pierre Rochard is an OG Bitcoin advocate and entrepreneur. He's now a product manager at Kraken and has played a key role in helping Kraken integrate the Lightning Network into their exchange. In our conversation, Pierre and I discussed exactly how Kraken's Lightning Network integration came to be, the trade-offs that exchanges face when thinking about whether or not to adopt the Lightning Network, and we got into lots of Lightning predictions. As always, this is a lightning podcast, so the best way you can show your support if you're enjoying this content is by sending in sats, comments, questions over the lightning network. Um, Last week, this show actually surpassed 500,000 sats sent in by listeners, so thank you to everyone who has supported to date. And just a quick shout out before we get into today's episode, uh, today's show is sponsored by Voltage, the industry standard and next generation provider for Lightning Network infrastructure. We will have more from Voltage later in the show in the Lightning Round. Pierre, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk about your role at Kraken and Kraken's new Lightning integration. There's been a lot of talk about it on Twitter. Um, before we get into that though, why don't we start with the first moment you recognize the importance of the Lightning Network. Do you remember when that was?
1: Uh, yes, I do. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. Um, I was, so I do remember when the Lightning White Paper dropped, and I did not think it was important at the time. Um, in my mind, I thought, hey, you know, on chain works just fine. We don't need a, a second layer. Um, and this was back, I guess, 2014 or 2015, 2014. No, maybe fifteen. Uh, we'll have to have the fact checkers uh, fact check that. Um, but um, I was working at a Bitcoin payment processing company called BitPay uh, at the time, and um, I should have been interested in Lightning. But um, when I started reading the white paper, it just came off as being uh, too complicated. <laughs> um, but maybe that just speaks to you know my my, my lack of uh, nuanced understanding at the time, um, and. Fast forward to 2018 and 2019. Um, 2018, I believe there was a Chain Code Labs residency. So, Chain Code Labs is a group out of New York that is uh, dedicated to Bitcoin protocol development. And I had applied to their residency for on chain, uh, you know, uh, Bitcoin protocol development, and had been uh, declined a couple of times. So when I saw that there was a lightning one, I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot again. Let's see. Maybe maybe this one will, will turn out different. And as part of the application process, they ask you, well, what project would you want to work on during the residency? What kind of um, feature or, you know, hackathon type thing would you want to do? Um and my background is accounting. And so I wanted to create an Excel plugin that uh, from a spreadsheet on your desktop, you could contr- control your Lightning Node. Um, and so I uh, started working on it before the residency, actually, because it, it just, uh, started... once I thought of the idea, I was like, okay, I've got to get cracking on this. Um, but Simultaneously, I also um, read through the bolts, uh, the specification documents for Lightning, and kind of did a deeper dive into um, you know, the, the, the game theory of the punishment transaction and the time locks and all of this. Um, and that's really when a light bulb went off that um, this is secure. This is backed by the Bitcoin blockchain, 100%. There's no shenanigans going on. And it's instant. And the economics of it makes sense, that that this would have a much lower fee uh, for small payments than uh, doing an on-chain transaction. So, um, of course, there's also that moment when you send your first lightning payment, and it settles, and it's instant, and you're like, okay, this is even better than the first Bitcoin transaction I sent, right? The, um, because I do remember it kind of uh, bugging me that you had to wait for so many confirmations and you don't know when miners are going to find the next block and all of that jazz. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really uh, when I, uh, lightning caught to me.
0: And then how did you go from learning about lightning to then deciding you want to work at Kraken? What was that process like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, the at the residency, I realized that the challenge is to run LND on Windows, which is kind of my target platform, because that's where all the business users are with Excel. Um, you had to go into the command line. And Business users never go in the command line. They are graphical user interface maximalists, right? They they want buttons. They want widgets. So um, I, and even if you did go in the command line, you had to not only set up LND, but you also had to set up Bitcoin D, and you had to uh, go into the configuration file, and uh, specify, like, the ZMQ ports. So expecting, uh, you know, a, a, a business user to do that, it's just wildly unrealistic. And it's also it, it's also annoying for somebody who is technical that, that you would have to uh, go do that every time you want to um, set up a, a lightning node on your desktop or laptop computer. So I started a project called the Node Launcher, and the Node Launcher is written in Python, and it bundles inside of it LND and Bitcoin D binaries, and it um, manages those processes, it manages the configuration file for both to keep them in sync, and um, on top of that, it has a graphical user interface that is cross-platform. Uh, thanks to the uh, Qt, Qt framework, um, and that GUI is basically if you you know are familiar with the system tray in Windows, kind of at the bottom right by the clock, or on Mac OS the system tray is uh, the toolbar at the top right, where you have kind of these utilities. These um, you know the technical people call them like daemons, uh, <laughs> uh, system uh, daemons, um, and that seemed like a natural place for me to, to put your Lightning and Bitcoin node. Uh, so the node launcher bundles those two and puts it in the system tray and allows you to, just with a double click, you can join the Lightning network. Um, and the other um, UX improvement that I was really happy with was that rather than asking the user to write down their seed phrase, um, their mnemonic uh, I don't know who decided on that word, mnemonic. It's too <laughs> too hard to say. Um, that it would actually store it in your keychain. So uh, both macOS and Windows have kind of an operating system keychain. And that, you know, of course you should be backing up your computer. And when you back up your computer, it also backs up the keychain. So it seemed like a really elegant solution to... And that's also where the computer keeps all of its private key material in general. Because we often forget that computers already have private keys on them. They have all these uh, certificates and um, password managers and all of this. Um, so it's not like it's com- completely novel to Bitcoin and Lightning that that you need to store a private key. Um, so uh, in any case... Um, Yes, I worked on the Node Launcher for uh, quite a while, for I think almost a year of uh, iterating on it, um, and was really happy with both um, my use of it, but also other people started using it and uh, enjoyed using it. Um, And then I started working on um, setting up my own lightning routing node, because in the instructions for the Node Launcher, it was like, okay, you open it up. Now you need to open a channel. And I was like, well, who should I tell them to open a channel to? And um, there weren't, like, ways of recommending channel peers at the time, really. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, I'll just start my own routing node, and I'll tell them to open a channel to my routing node. <laughs> um, and uh, did that, and then people kept asking for inbound liquidity, inbound capacity, um, and at first, I was just like manually going in the command line and uh, providing them, uh, you know, opening a channel back to them. And then I created a Google Sheet, a Google Form, uh, where people could ask for inbound capacity. And then I created a, a script that would uh, get the data from the Google Sheet and automatically open channels as people filled out the form. And then I built a full-blown website, a web application uh, called uh, lightningpowerusers.com. Where uh, people could go to the website and uh, pay for inbound capacity, and so uh, they uh, th- that way, I didn't have to manually do it, and um, I wouldn't run out of sats because the you know they they would have to uh, ration it by the the, uh, the market mechanism of having to pay for inbound liquidity. Um, so then I I, I so I, I I enjoyed that, but I realized that it was, the the next iteration needed to be a marketplace. And I didn't have the technical chops to do it. The people who did have the technical chops to do it are Lightning Labs. And, uh, you know, quite a bit after the uh, lightningpowerusers.com, they came out with Pool, uh, which is a marketplace for inbound liquidity, which is exactly kind of Uh, the vision I had, even though I didn't have the uh, technical chops to to execute on it. So kudos to them uh, for for doing that. And I'm a huge pool fan now. Um, And at the same time, as I was working on all of this, I was organizing steak dinners in uh, Manhattan, uh, you know, as as Bitcoiners do, right? Um, And that was a lot of fun. And at one of the steak dinners, uh, I got to meet the head of the OTC desk at Kraken Nelson Minier, and uh, we got to talking about Bitcoin, of course, uh, my open source projects, and he was very interested in seeing if you know I could join Kraken so that we could uh, push forward some uh, Bitcoin and Lightning related initiatives there. Um, and I, at first, I was a little bit apprehensive because um, there's I, I really like the open source world. Um, I like that. Uh, you can be autonomous, you can set your own priorities, you can uh, you know, uh, build uh, and, and ship uh, you know, in a very tight iterative loop. Um, but I also recognize that Kraken has, did back then and has even more uh, millions of clients. And if we could get this technology into their hands, um, that it really is game changing and that we could serve a lot of people and scale up the Lightning network very quickly. Um, and so that that's really what, what got me interested in um, joining Kraken and, um, you know, making Lightning accessible to a whole new audience.
0: Fascinating backstory. A lot of this predates my uh, Lightning uh, knowledge and experience, so I love the color there. Um, so w- when you first decided to join Kraken then, was your mission there to kind of Integrate Lightning into the exchange? Did you know that was going to be the avenue that you were going to pursue? Or were you just excited about building something on Bitcoin and Lightning there?
1: Um, so that was certainly my ambition personally. Um, but at any kind of large organization, uh, you, you have to build alignment on uh, a project like that and uh, get buy-in from it. So um, even if I was gung-ho about it, um, you know, there's a lot of competing priorities in a large organization like that. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's, that's always a, a
0: challenge, right? Kraken's lightning integration, uh, has been teased for a while. I, I remember looking back and seeing a article in CoinDesk, uh, I believe December, 2020, where you guys mentioned, um, that you would integrate lightning, um, and, uh, fast forward now 16 months it's here. Talk to me about how the the last 16 months have evolved and like how much of it was dedicated to prioritizing uh, other tasks at the exchange versus building a team and actually getting Lightning capability integrated into the exchange.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, first off, Kraken is one of the oldest exchanges around. So it's been around since 2011. um, And... Um, Every time that there's a bull market that comes along, it puts tremendous stress on all parts of not only the system from an engineering perspective of having to scale that, but also the organization in terms of hiring. Um, And that's really when you start seeing kind of all of the uh, bottlenecks. (laughs) Um, And... um, In Kraken's case, there was a major effort to rewrite services from PHP into Rust. Um, When we started on the Lightning project, um, that's also when the bull market started, which is bad timing, right? Because um, bear markets are for building, uh, bull markets are for scaling. And so uh, we were trying to do both at the same time. Uh, and, um, that's really, you know, uh, challenging, uh, for, 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 in any context. But, um, ultimately I think that it, uh, we're still very early, so I don't feel like we, we missed the train. Um, you know, I think that lightning is going to, um, continue to grow rapidly. So we're still very much at the beginning of the S curve, um, and uh, that there's going to be big improvements ahead as well.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. I think it's really cool to see um, exchanges stepping up and getting this done. Um, but I also recognize that, yeah, 99% of people have no idea what the Lightning Network is still. Um, a majority, I don't know if it's 99%, but a, a significant majority of Bitcoiners have never used the Lightning Network. So I agree, it is it's still very early. Um, was, there, was there a particular catalyst or turning point uh, at which Kraken, as a company, decided we have to do this Lightning integration. Like this is this is an important thing to get done now.
1: Um, so I definitely think that uh, the um, there were two um, things. One is that um, when OKCoin uh, integrated Lightning. Um, that got folks' attention. Uh, we always you know, are doing competitor analysis and seeing uh, what competitors are, are building. Um, and then also the El Salvador announcement uh, was another catalyst where um, it's, it's becoming more and more realistic that uh, people are going to use Bitcoin as a medium of exchange. They're going to use Bitcoin for payments. Um, and so th- those two were definitely interesting, um, uh, you know, news events that, that drove interest internally. Um, but I think that, yeah, we're, there, There's uh, yeah, the, 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 those were two uh, big catalysts. Mm.
0: Do you think that this announcement of you guys integrating Lightning is also going to lead to this like follow on effect? of other exchanges taking that step? Because we've seen it with Bitcoin purchases, we've seen this play out at a corporate level where MicroStrategy buys a bunch and all of a sudden a, a few dozen public companies step up and say, hey, we're buying a bunch too. Do you think that process will follow a similar path in Lightning adoption?
1: I, I hope so, um, because at the end of the day, it's it's a network and so network effects make our integration more valuable. Um, the more other exchanges adopt it, the better it is for us and for them. Um, so it's really a win-win. Um, and um, I know that there, are, you know, for example, Bitstamp has a Lightning node up, and they've done a partnership with Zebedee, but they haven't uh, integrated deposits and withdrawals. So I'm hoping that um, they'll they'll join us on the network. Um, and of course, you know, Coinbase. Um, I think Coinbase should be on Lightning uh, and uh, it's um, uh, perhaps we need to engage them on social media to provide them constructive feedback about uh, when Lightning. (laughs) Uh, And um, I I think, though, you know, just like with Bitcoin, uh, everyone gets on the Lightning Network when they deserve to get on it. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, OK, so I want to dive into your specific Lightning integration. you launched a lightning node that for a few days, the community was wondering, is this the real deal? Is this Kraken's node or is this some imposter account? Who's running this node? And it quickly grew from from no capacity to now just two weeks later, as of yesterday, it had 42 Bitcoin of public capacity. Uh, Who knows, maybe even higher this morning. Um, But, uh, and and it's now one of the top 20 nodes on the network. And, And now you've confirmed this is your node. Um, can you talk to me about uh, how you went through that process of setting up this node and how you think about how much public capacity you need to dedicate to it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, in terms of uh, the how we went about setting it up, um, we did want to, to build up some kind of hype within the... Um, dedicated Lightning community, right, Um, that uh, we know is, you know, really excited about um, exchanges joining the Lightning Network, but really, I mean, anyone joining the Lightning Network, right? Um, When we look at things like Plebnet, uh, it's really about the grassroots of um, everyone joining and helping everyone join, um, not just uh, the exchanges, but um, we certainly wanted to um, start building up some hype uh, even before our announcement or anything like that. Um, and we also wanted to make sure that when we did launch that we had enough network connectivity that our uh, success rate would be um, really good, as, as good as we could get it. So um, that's where it's, it is important to have... Um, a node that has that is well capitalized, that has enough channels, uh, so that we can deliver a good experience on day zero. Um, so that that was kind of the thinking there in terms of um, getting the node up before uh, the announcement. Um, secondly, with regards to uh, the capacity, um, we 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 generally want to have a good balance between. Um, inbound and outbound uh, capacity. Um, so that's a consideration. Um, now, how, how big the node gets from here will depend on how much people use it to deposit and withdraw. Um, we, we don't want to put too much Bitcoin on it. Obviously, um, you know, we wanna keep as much Bitcoin as possible in cold storage. Kraken has an excellent security reputation And we certainly want to maintain that so um or you know keeping the that risk um very low um because all things considered you know we're we're at um 58 bitcoin you know that's that's a big number but at the same time from a kraken perspective uh that's not a big number (laughs) um you know for uh looking at kind of the wider exchange
0: right yeah there's that uh, interesting thing going on right now, where you have more Bitcoin at Kraken than can possibly be absorbed by the Lightning Network today. It wouldn't—it wouldn't make sense for you to put like a significant portion, from Kraken's perspective, a significant portion of your Bitcoin holdings on Lightning today. Um, how how big do you think th- some of these nodes will grow to over time? And, and I guess this this uh, has to do with public capacity more broadly. How much of you know this 21 million Bitcoin do you think will eventually find its way to the Lightning Network and will be used in this kind of back and forth kind of payment system?
1: That's a good question. So um, I, I hope that one day we can uh, put channels in cold storage. And so that means that we would want all Bitcoin to be in uh, two of two multisig that, um, uh, uh, or you know, some kind of construct that would allow us to um, turn on the channel uh, instantly. And so uh, it would be um, just you know, you pull it out of cold storage, and now uh, you can instantly be um, routing or um, you know, using that channel. Uh, maybe that's unrealistic, you know, science fiction. But um, I, I hope that we get there so that all 21 million Bitcoin can be, uh, you know, uh, ready to go onto the lightning network whenever somebody wants to spend it so that, um, really on-chain transactions would only ever be about opening and closing channels. And it would never be about, uh, sending, uh, you know, a payment, uh, to somebody else. Um, you know, that's, that's my long-term vision of it that, um, everything will be like that. Uh, but I think right now, realistically, um, you know, Lightning is the checking account, and on-chain is the savings account. Uh, so for for long-term storage, you definitely uh, don't want it on your Lightning node. You want it um, in cold storage. Um, so, uh, you know, this is also not new to exchanges and large service providers that uh, you have a hot wallet and a cold wallet, um, and so. Uh, conceptually it's kind of the the same for for uh an exchange
0: how how do you get to the point where in in this future idea of everyone being able to store um or or run lightning from a cold wallet how how does that happen I, i'd love to know kind of what the technical limitations are um because my my technical knowledge of lightning is is not certainly not that great and uh I was under the impression like the the hot wallet was kind of required to have this, you know, you have to be constantly online. You have to be ready to accept or send transactions. How does that work if it's a cold wallet?
1: Yes, so um, you you would still have to be online to use the channel. But when you're not using the channel, um, that it could be on uh, cold keys, essentially. And that you turn those keys into hot keys when, for example, the price of Bitcoin is crashing and everybody is trying to make deposits and withdrawals, right? Um, And the mempool is full, but because you had already broadcasted the channel to the Bitcoin blockchain, um, that you don't need to uh, open a channel, rather you just need to transfer the keys from your cold storage to your hot lightning wallet Um, and kind of import them essentially um, uh, without uh, having to to hit the chain. Um, And then when that period of time goes by and you don't need that capacity anymore, that you would close the channel, send the Bitcoin back to cold storage, potentially as a new channel. Now, the challenge here is that you would have to get the... And and this is the same as if your uh, Lightning node goes offline for whatever reason. Uh, the challenge here is that you have to have peers that won't force close on you, um, and that are okay with having, uh, you know, what we could call a cold channel uh, open with you that um, you know is cryogenically frozen but can be revived uh, when
0: necessary. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about how Kraken plans to use Lightning uh, it, with your current node setup. I imagine a bunch of it is. You wanna prioritize exchange operations and you wanna make sure that that's running smoothly, but you can also earn routing revenue. How, how do you think about what the Lightning node is going to be used for and prioritizing those over time?
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, just starting off with kind of the standard exchange operations, um, we're we're making a big push to appeal more to the retail consumer audience. Um, And so we have a consumer app um, and you can fund your Kraken account and buy Bitcoin using uh, Apple Pay, Google Pay, uh, SEPA, ACH, wire transfer, FPS in the UK. Um, So uh, in terms of just getting, you know, fiat from your bank account uh, to Kraken into Bitcoin, uh, you know, we're definitely making big improvements on, on that uh, making it as easy as possible. And then from there, being able to withdraw Bitcoin to whether it's your cold storage, right, your your hardware wallet, definitely a great option. Um, and for your checking account, for the walking around money on your mobile phone, uh, being able to withdraw it to your Lightning wallet. And um, that's really, I think, uh, particularly interesting because I do see Bitcoin and Lightning as becoming kind of how everybody makes payments every day. Um, You know, whether you're buying coffee or buying chairs or whatever it is that you're spending your sats on. Um, And then uh, from um, the uh, trader perspective, it's about how do I move this pristine, highly liquid collateral instantly from one exchange, one trading venue to another, um, whether it's for arbitrage or a margin call or any kind of other time-sensitive operation. Um, and that's where it's really important to have other exchanges joining. So we're really excited that um, you know Bitfinex has been on the network for such a long time uh, and that we're gonna be able to enable that use case for traders between Kraken and Bitfinex. And this is really key because Bitcoin's liquidity has been highly fragmented, um, you know, over the years uh, between different trading venues, and Lightning is a really great way to unify that liquidity so that um, because Bitcoin's volatility obviously is uh, notorious, and uh, when it's flash crashing, you don't have an hour to wait for confirmations to, you know, for the on-chain, and not only that, but so many people are trying to move Bitcoin on-chain. Uh, that the mempool quickly fills up uh, during those times and you get into a bidding war. So um, with Lightning, you, you'll be able to just sidestep that entirely uh, and instantly move Bitcoin uh, from Kraken to to, to to Bifinex or from Bifinex to uh, OKCoin and from OKCoin to Kraken. Um, and uh, really make sure that uh, everyone's getting the best price um, across uh, all of the trading venues. And. Um, Thirdly, if you are running a lightning routing node yourself, you can actually use Kraken to swap between on-chain and lightning. So, for example, you can deposit to Kraken on-chain, withdraw via lightning to, to get you know more capacity, or deposit via lightning and uh, withdraw on-chain. Um, now, loop is a more decentralized way of doing that. Um, but perhaps, you know, if you're already a Kraken client, um, doing it uh, via the exchange is actually uh, just as convenient or perhaps even easier than using Loop um, for that use case. Um, now, with regards to routing fees, we absolutely want to provide network services um, for Lightning. So um, we, we want to connect the graph. Uh, we want to help route payments. Um, and you know, earning routing fees is a great way for us to receive the signal that we're doing a good job, right? If people are willing to pay us routing fees, that means that we're well connected and we're doing it. Uh, we're being reliable uh, and uh, we're liquid, right? As a as a um, node. Um, secondly, we're really interested in uh, using pool, for example. Uh, and finding other ways of leasing out channels uh, so that we can be um, helping the network in every way possible uh, and um, earning, obviously, uh, leasing fees from that.
0: If you could estimate right now, I know it's probably too early to know for sure, but can you estimate like what percentage, if if you look at all the income that, um, your Lightning integration will generate over time. What percentage of that do you think is from the exchange and what percentage of it is from routing fees on the network?
1: That's a great question. Um, I I imagine, I would kind of go Pareto, I would say 80% from the exchange um, because it is really like valuable that um, you can, you know, let's look at it kind of from first principles of Bitcoin adoption. Um, Every wave of Bitcoin adoption in general comes from people who have fiat in a bank account and want to convert that into Bitcoin in some way. Um, Until... NYDIG really, you know, gets to all the banks and you can convert Bitcoin in your bank account um, and, uh, you know, your bank integrates Lightning. I don't don't know how many years that's going to take. It might take, you know, a decade to to get there. Uh, Obviously, things could accelerate very quickly. Um, You know, you have to use an exchange and um, you have to use an exchange that has really good liquidity. And Kraken has excellent liquidity, and so um, it, it, it's a natural choice for folks. So not only is there people converting dollars into Bitcoin to use the Lightning integration, those people will then, um, you know, refer and uh, say, hey, you know, they've got their rich uncle or whatever it is. Hey, you know, Kraken's a great place to, you know, for you to invest in Bitcoin. Um, even though you're not even going to use Lightning, uh, but it provides kind of a, um, an avenue there for, for growth as well. Um, so I think that um, just based on people buying Bitcoin to use Lightning and then kind of the halo effect of uh, people uh, recommending Kraken because uh, it has excellent features, um, that we would see uh, trading revenue go up there. Um, so... That said, you know, I, I, I would be delighted if uh, routing fees and channel leasing fees um, eclipse the trading fees, uh, and uh, that would be um, super awesome. So we'll we'll see how that plays out.
0: Will is there a is there a fee on uh, deposits and withdrawals right now for Lightning, or what does that structure look like uh, compared to Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of uh, the so. Yes, uh, there is a fixed withdrawal fee for Lightning of 1000 sats. And on Bitcoin, there's a fixed withdrawal fee currently of 2000 sats. Um, Now, we'd we'd like to get to a place where both of those fees are real time and dynamic to reflect the exact network cost. we're not there yet, but um, that you know we've we've gotten lots of great feedback on that, and and we we do want to um, get there. Um, on the deposits, the deposit fee is, is going to depend on uh, your Lightning uh, wallet and how well it's connected. So, if you have a channel open directly with Kraken, your deposits are free, uh, which is uh, really great.
0: Mm-hmm. Now okay, you, you guys are building this node uh, on LND. Can you talk to me a bit about what that process was like um, in choosing LD? I know there was an article in, in coindesk uh, you were quoted talking about some of its documentation, full feature API, the user base, reliability. how do you, how do you rank those if you're an exchange or you' or maybe if you're thinking about other businesses that want to get on lightning? how do you rank those? As like must-have features,
1: yeah. Um, so that was Bitcoin Magazine, not CoinDesk. But, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, huge fan of Bitcoin Magazine. Looking forward to their conference next week. Um, you know, the the, the it, internally, the engineering challenge is about how do we integrate this into our internal systems, and so we have a lot to worry about already in terms of how this is going to. Um, uh, interface with the internal systems and that means that we we want to focus on that part of the integration and not really focus as much on um, kind of really the lightning part, right? So uh, um, that's where uh, L&D really shines because L&D is what I would call a, a batteries included uh, solution, right? So. Um, It has all the pieces that you need bundled together um, into one package so that you don't have to go find the right plugins or assemble your own node from a library like some of the other implementations. Um, Because while those are great for use cases where um, you're going to need a lot of customization uh, on the lightning side. And that you know, if you're, for example, creating a non-custodial Lightning wallet, you probably need a lot of customization. Um, But if you're an exchange and you're just trying to enable send and receive, right, as kind of your minimum viable product, um, then you you don't need a lot of customization on the Lightning side. Uh, You just need to be able to query the data, and um, that's really uh, where LND's API is. Excellent. They have a really full-featured API um, that just works out of the box. Um, they also use a really great framework called gRPC, and gRPC allows you to um, have a lot of uh, type safety. Uh, you know, for for the software engineers in our audience. So, uh, r- regardless of what programming language you're using, gRPC allows you to automatically generate um, kind of the client library for uh, for it. Um, and then L&D Lightning Labs has put together excellent documentation for that API. Uh, so that really makes it uh, convenient for the uh, engineers to be able to find uh, what they're looking for and uh, build something that's really reliable. Um, the other part of it is that, um, you know, there's always this argument about multiple implementations. And we hear this on uh, Lightning, but also on Bitcoin. And um, it is the case that if you're trying to take as little risk as possible, you want to use the implementation that is has the most users already um, and that has been around for a long time. Uh, because that means that it's, it's been hardened Right, it's it's got battle scars, uh, <laughs> and um, a lot of edge cases have been already explored and fixed, and so um, that that also speaks to LND strength.
0: And so, how do you think about the implementations on Lightning evolving over time? Is it is it all going to kind of move towards people using LND? Is it is that is that user base and that reliability now at a critical mass point where? It just makes sense for everyone to adopt LND, or do you think that it, it stays fragmented over time, or or it maybe becomes more fragmented um, as as some of the other implementations uh, continue to innovate as well?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, I I do see the latter happening; that it's going to become more fragmented. Um, I think that. Um, because different uh, implementations are going to focus on different use cases and applications, um, that uh, if you want to offer all of the features of Lightning, you're going to have to run multiple implementations. Um, and so uh, I, I, I think it would be great um, for Kraken and for any exchange or large service provider uh, to run multiple implementations and uh, to enable uh, kind of all of the features of Lightning and not have to pick and choose between trade-offs of different implementations. It also allows for horizontal scaling. Um, we already see that, for example, Bitfinex has two Lightning nodes on the network, uh, or at least two to my knowledge. Um, and so uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And that, um, you know, ideally you would have one be uh, LND, another Core Lightning, as C-Lightning has just rebranded to, which is uh, exciting, uh, and uh, LDK, uh, Async, um, and so on and so forth. So um, it would be great if the L&D team um, kind of was... Uh, and this is kind of an unrealistic ask but that you know that they can hire everyone and that they can uh you know build bolt 12 and also build taproot support and also you know etc um and there's just a lot of greenfield work to be done on lightning and it makes sense that different teams are going to gravitate towards different parts of um kind of the the stack that needs to be built out Um, and then from a user perspective it's really, um, that makes it challenging that, you know, we're going to have to run multiple implementations if we want to provide all the things. Um, but um, I, th- I think that we, we just have to accept reality.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Now, in, in the case of Bitfinex, you said they have, they have two nodes right now. Are those different implementations today or are those the same?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think that they are both
0: L and D, but I'm not sure. Okay, so, so would there be, like, what, what would the use case be for running multiple nodes on the same implementation? What's the rationale there versus just having one node on each implementation?
1: Um, so, um, the rationale would be that uh, you're just looking for horizontal scaling so that you can have more channels and uh, load balance between the same implementation while not having to write new code about, because each implementation has a different API. And so you would have to write more code to each API um, if you were using different implementations for load balancing. If you use the same implementation, then you can reuse the same code and just spin up a new uh, server.
0: But why not just have, have one node then? Uh,
1: uh, because, um, eventually, you know, if you've got, I don't know, thousands and thousands of channels, um, on, uh, one server, uh, then you start running out of CPU, uh, you might start running out of RAM. Now, granted, there are some pretty beefy servers out there that, you know, have, uh, multiple CPUs, you know, dozens of cores, uh, you know, hundreds of gigabytes of RAM. So... Um, perhaps you know there's there's optimizations that can be made there. The other reason that you would want to have several nodes is that um, you want to have them perhaps in different environments so that you have redundancy. So if, for example, one of your data centers gets knocked offline because there's a storm. Uh, then your other data center is still online and you're you're still able to, uh, you know, provide lightning deposits and withdrawals. So redundancy is key. Um, The other that I think might become increasingly important is that um, geography. So um, the further your server is from the client, the higher the latency is uh, because of, uh, you know, the, the data has to go you know such a long distance so if you have clients that are making payments in Australia you probably want to put your server or your lightning node in Australia um, so that the clients don't have to communicate with you know Western Europe or the United States so I think that uh, geolocation will become increasingly important uh, as we try to kind of shave off fractions of a second on uh, lightning payments
0: right okay that makes sense so so geolocation and redundancy is kind of the main selling points there um now let's let's transition to other exchanges integrating lightning um i think for for a number of years now many in the lightning community have kind of expressed frustration with exchanges opting for you know listing the next coin or you know dozens of coins over uh Implementing Lightning, um, and I, I get it. I see the the use case, the the business use case. It makes sense to optimize for profits. And and you know, if that's the case that some new token is going to offer more profits, I see, I get the value in doing that. Um, obviously, you guys now see a business use case and a business opportunity to integrate Lightning. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it. Um, how do you think about like other exchanges prioritizing Lightning now, do you think it it starts to move up on their priority list um, over listing other coins? Do you think that uh, Lightning will provide more revenue and more income than many of the other, other coins that are being listed now?
1: Yeah, so um, this, I think, is a, a pretty nuanced question because um, on the profit part, it's very hard to measure two things. One, how much more Bitcoin volume do we get from integrating Lightning? Because Bitcoin volume, just like the price, is highly volatile. So you wouldn't be able to measure, okay, we implemented Lightning, we got 5% more Bitcoin volume, and that represents X you know, dollars of profit. Um, whereas when you list a new token, Um, it's very clear, okay, here's the new volume we have on this token. Here's the revenue that's directly attributable to listing it. The second thing that's really hard to measure is when you list a new token, how much of that revenue is actual net new revenue and how much of it is cannibalizing revenue from all of the other tokens you already have listed? How much of it is just fragmenting liquidity from other order books, and it's just automated market makers, bots that would have been trading on other pairs, um, and now uh, they're trading on this pair. And so you don't know if a new listing is just taking all of its revenue from existing listings, or if it represents new clients signing up, funding their trans- funding their account, and then trading that token, right? And so um, it's really hard to do that data analysis both on... Um, increasing Bitcoin volume, and also on where is the volume of a new listing coming from. And so that's where, you know, we have to have some humility from a quantitative perspective of saying, hey, okay, we're, we're not going to be able to nail down specific numbers here, but let's look at it qualitatively. Or let's look at proxy metrics, like um, on a new listing, how many deposits and withdrawals do we have? let's correlate that to how many deposits and withdrawals we are getting on lightning and let's extrapolate that to how much net new, uh, volume is coming in from lightning into the trading. So, um, you know, there, there's things like that you can do, but, um, I really, I'm, I'm a fan of looking at it just, uh, from first principles, right. That, um, traders care about speed. What we can measure is that, uh, on chain takes an hour. Lightning is instant, right? We can measure that. That's Quantitative, you know, we can mm-hmm. measure the difference in cost between a non transaction fee and a lightning routing fee, especially if they have a channel directly open to us, right? And in both of those cases, we're talking about order of magnitude improvement. Um, so it just seems um, entirely uncontroversial uh, that, uh, you know, it should be a priority to, to integrate lightning. Uh, from a quantitative perspective of looking at those two metrics, um, and that really revenue and profit are downstream of uh, first principles, right? That um, we should focus on the mission. uh, And, you know, we hear competitors talking about how they're mission-focused. I I really think Kraken is the most mission-focused exchange out there. Um, And if we focus on the mission, the revenue and the profits will take care of themselves, uh, and and that's that's kind of uh, how how um, I, I would approach it.
0: And so, if you were if you were going to another exchange and and talking to them, trying to convince them to set up on Lightning as well, do you think that the primary use case? Do you think that that main reason would just be to make Bitcoin instant withdrawals and deposits that that traders can now act with speed? Uh, do you think that would be kind of the the main selling point?
1: Absolutely, because um, traders care more about speed than they even care about fees, Um, you know, because the Bitcoin markets, the crypto markets uh, move so fast. Um, And um, even in markets that have less volatility, like, for example, equities, um, you know, Traders care about speed, right? High-frequency trading—it's—it's it's been in the news. They—they uh, they care about milliseconds. They care about nanoseconds, and so not only do they care about that within kind of the order book, but they also care about that in terms of moving the money um, and g- getting to uh, instant settlement. So, um, and you know, you might argue that, oh well, look, there's other blockchains that are fast, right? that might even claim to be instant. I I, I would call that bluff, right? I'd call that marketing because really the the only way you can be instant is if your payment is literally peer-to-peer, right? That your payment is only going from your server to your counterparty server without going through the network, without going through the blockchain. The moment you have to globally broadcast the transaction, you're adding latency. And so really, Lightning is not only faster than any of the other blockchains, it's impossible to be faster than Lightning. Um, So let's say, for example, if a trader co-located their Lightning node with Kraken's Lightning node, now that's not possible today, but we're just saying, you know, hypothetically, if you were in the same data center directly connected with a fiber optic cable, um, there's no way that you could have anything faster because these other blockchains, they say, oh, no, actually, you need to go through the network of, uh, you know, all of the nodes. um, And uh, that's just not going to be faster than a direct peer-to-peer connection, which is what Lightning enables.
0: Mm. That's really fascinating that, you know, you can make it like because it's peer to peer and you're not touching a blockchain. I I didn't quite grasp that until you you mentioned it that way, Um, that it can just be, that there's nothing that can possibly compete if it's built on a globally updating blockchain and and public announcements. Um, Okay, I want want to get into a couple predictions here. Um, If you had to pick one exchange that's gonna be next to adopt lightning who's your who's your name
1: um, I mean I think bitstamp uh, because they have um, you know signaled support and interest in lightning um, as well um, and so I, I hope that they join um, yeah
0: who um, if, if you had to pick one individual or Company or maybe even country, who is operating the biggest Lightning node in the world in the year 2025?
1: Um, yeah, I mean Kraken uh, would be uh, <laughs> my first guess, or um, or MicroStrategy. Re-
0: really? Do you think they do you think they get on Lightning and kind of build out maybe a, a Lightning service provider or some kind of software product tied to Lightning?
1: i i hope so um i think that uh they they could do really well doing that um and um i think the challenge there is that they're a public company and there's um you know uh sarbanes oxley it controls all of this um but um you know as well i think we'll we'll see more and more Lightning service providers as public companies, and um, with MicroStrategy's treasury that uh, you know they want to earn a yield on and uh, put to useful uh, uh, work, uh, that you know that it, it seems natural that they would run a Lightning node.
0: Do you think we'll see other businesses outside of the Bitcoin ecosystem? I'm specifically thinking of like payment processors like Visa and Mastercard. Do you think they will jump into Lightning as well, or is that is that kind of too deep, too far off the deep end for them?
1: Yeah, great question. So um, I think that they're like uh, Kodak or block, Blockbuster. Uh, we, we might see them try some things, but um, I, I think that they're so, yeah, they're so backwards in, in their um, thinking that, you know, they, they, they're, um, they're like, it seems like they're interested in stable coins which I think is a dead end. Um, So um, I I think that the future is Sats the standard. I think people are going to be using real Bitcoin on Lightning to uh, make payments, not not stable coins. Um, And so uh, they're they're kind of in a trap of their uh, mental model. Um, There are others like um, obviously uh, Jack Dorsey and Square, uh, that, that um, could really bring Lightning to a point of sale and uh, cut out Visa and MasterCard. And so um, it's really, it might be too late already for
0: Visa and MasterCard. We'll see. And when, when you think about use cases on the Lightning network in general, not just in the context of Kraken, what do you think will be the most impactful use case? Is this gonna be remittances? Is it gonna be point of sale? There's going to be micropayments, things that we can't do on the fiat system. What do you look at and think that's going to be the biggest market for Lightning?
1: Um, Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So I guess um, I uh, I just think that all payments are going to be on Lightning, so I don't really um, break it up into specific uh, areas. Um, like that. Uh, But um, ultimately, in order for a business to adopt Lightning as kind of its uh, method of payment, I really think that the owner of the business has to be a Bitcoiner, right, that they want to hold Bitcoin, they want to acquire Bitcoin. And that's why they're doing it, not because they're going to like go convert it into fiat or convert all of it into fiat. Maybe they only convert part of it just to pay those suppliers and the employees who uh, don't want uh, to receive Bitcoin. So um, I think that the number of business owners who want to hold Bitcoin is going to increase, especially with inflation. Um, So I think that with the uptick in global inflation, uh, that we're really going to see an uptick in adoption of Bitcoin uh, as a method of payment.
0: Mm. Do you think we're at the point now where, if inflation runs really hot, we have the infrastructure and the tooling and the the ability for everyone to get on board easily, or or do you think we still need to do work to get to the point where it's easy for that critical mass to adopt Lightning?
1: There's always room for improvement, but um, I I think we could onboard the world right now. So. Uh... It wouldn't be ideal, because I think that if we onboarded the world right now, um, a lot of them would be onboarded onto custodial solutions. Um, with every day that goes by, I think we can onboard more people onto non-custodial solutions. Um, so, uh, But even if we did onboard the world today, and a lot of them were on custodial solutions, I think they would um, end up gravitating towards non-custodial anyway over time. Um, because there are uh, significant advantages to non-custodial. I mean, obviously, you know, freedom. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I have a question about uh, advice for other businesses. Um, yes. Now that you've gone through the process of integrating Lightning, do you have any pieces of, like, tactical advice that you would give to another business thinking about approaching this problem and whether or not they should integrate Lightning? Yeah. Um,
1: I I think that you've really got to, um, uh, at first, kind of focus on education uh, so that uh, people understand how Lightning works, why it is differentiated from on-chain, and why, you know, the difference between settling a transaction in three days and settling a transaction in one hour and settling it instantly, those are almost like, um, so the, it sounds like an going from an hour to instant is not as big of a deal as going from three days to one hour, but it's actually a much bigger deal. <laughs> and so uh, you know, it's the difference between standing around in the coffee shop for an hour, uh, waiting for your transaction to settle and uh, having a better experience than just using a credit card, right? So um, I think that really getting into the nuances of the user experience and, and having um, kind of clarity on that across stakeholders and having really strong education on that uh, is the place to start um, so that uh, everyone's really excited about, um, you know, uh, building that.
0: Interesting. Are there any particular um, regions around the world where you think lightning adoption will outpace the the global average? Like, I, I guess at Kraken, you, you must have visibility into a lot of different regions in, it, that people are using the exchange for. Uh, and it might be too early to tell how they're using lightning in different regions, but um, would love to know if you think that there are particular countries, El Salvador might come to mind, but uh, other countries as well where lightning adoption will continue to outpace the global average?
1: Yeah, great question. So um, Kraken has a really strong presence in Europe. Um, And the reason is that, um, you know, not only do we have excellent client service and security, and we've been around for so long, we also have really great uh, fiat rails there with SEPA. And with SEPA, that means that you can instantly move euros Um, And it's it's funny because, you know, I'm talking about how awesome lightning is because it's instant Sepa the the fiat rail is instant as well Um, But I think that's great because that means that you can instantly move up to hundred thousand euros from your uh, bank account to Kraken You know convert it into Bitcoin instantly obviously, you know put put in a market buy (laughs) FOMO and uh, and then uh, instantly transfer it out via lightning Um, and so uh, that means that you know in a matter of seconds you can go from euros in your bank account to uh, Bitcoin in your lightning wallet. Um, and so uh, that is going to continue to accelerate adoption. And I also see a lot of adoption of lightning in Europe um, because folks are concerned about um, the stability of the euro. Uh, the euro is a political project um, that's you know f- very different from, what we experience here in the U.S. with the U.S. dollar. Uh, In the U.S., the U.S. dollar has been around forever. And so it's, you know, it's very Lindy. The euro has only been around for a couple of decades. Uh, And I remember, you know, when I went to France and used French francs. And um, so I think that the euro is not as Lindy and uh, is on shaky ground uh, and could quickly find itself Um, you know, get replaced because uh, it doesn't have the brand value that uh, the dollar has even uh, as the global reserve currency. So that's kind of where I think that um, uh, I'm hoping that um, Europe gets onto the Bitcoin standard as quickly as possible from the grassroots, right, from from individuals, not from governments, but from people getting on the Bitcoin standard. Um, And Um, Yeah, I I do uh, agree as well that um, El Salvador and uh, Latin America um, are, uh, you know, um, obviously making big moves there. Uh, And I hope that that Kraken can help out there. Um, You know, so if you're in one of those countries, um, odds are you can do a wire transfer to Kraken and uh, get, you know, some sats onto your lightning wallet and and be able to uh, integrate into the economy there.
0: Do you think future lightning, future Bitcoin adoption happens through the lens of on-chain Bitcoin first or Lightning first?
1: Um, lightning first. I, I think that Lightning's gonna be the default. Um, you know, within a matter of years, um, not decades. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know. Today on on the Kraken integration, you know, we default to on-chain because that's what people are most familiar with. Eventually, we're going to unify it so that you don't have to choose between Lightning and Bitcoin on-chain. Instead, you know, a smart decision is made based on, uh, you know, the
0: capabilities of your wallet. Right. And then I guess you could also dynamically adjust based on fees whether or not you know fees on the on the main chain are higher or lower, right?
1: Um, right, right.
0: Interesting. Um, do you have any favorite Lightning applications that you've used?
1: Oh, uh, great question. Um, so on on mobile, I use uh, Phoenix. Um, that's uh, been uh, kind of my uh... now. In terms of what I spend Sats on. Uh, my favorite thing to spend sats on is uh, beef steaks. Um, so uh, our, our good friend Away Slice uh, hosts beef steaks, and uh, you know you usually buy your ticket with BTC Pay Server or Open Node. Um, now, he'll call me out on this uh, he, he gives me free tickets, so I, I don't get to use the integration as often as I'd like, um, but uh, very grateful for that, sites. Uh, <laughs> but you don't need to do that, man. Uh, I'm always happy to use Lightning and to, to send those payments. Um, there, uh, I, 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 w- one of the first services I used Lightning with, well, not, it's not a service, uh, was the Lightning Torch. Um, and uh, sending the lightning torch around so I hope that we bring that back at some point soon um, and uh, that w- that was a really fun moment in in Bitcoin history and lightning history
0: <laughs> Do you think um, do you think lightning adoption primarily happens through spending Bitcoin on lightning or earning Bitcoin on lightning?
1: Well y- you can't have one without the other so somebody's always earning someone's always spending um i i think that um yeah i think that we've really got to close the loop on the circular economy um and that that is slowly happening and i'm hoping that it doesn't just continue to slowly happen i hope that there is a tipping point uh where uh you know it 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 accelerates um and if we look at, like, the Lightning Network graph, it there was an acceleration last year, right? There was, like, a point where we were, you know, going parabolic. So I hope that um, – and then it kind of slowed down a little bit. And I hope that, like, you know, crack and joining the Lightning Network means that we can kick off another parabolic rise in Lightning Network adoption uh, and, and really start closing the, the circular economy loop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing. One thing I've started to notice is that there's I'm starting to see like funnels forming where fiat money can come into Lightning and through through an exchange or a provider or something and can be blasted out to a bunch of users that can earn it. So that that was more what I was thinking around earning versus spending, because yeah, there has to be a one-to-one you uh, know dollar volume. Um, they have to balance out, but it could be that a lot of people are earning for one spend uh, or like one chunk of capital is moving online from fiat or from Bitcoin and then gets blasted out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. And um, now that I think about it, I'm thinking back to your question about, you know, where where I see adoption of Lightning happening or what I'm you know more, most excited about there is the sale of... Um, digital goods and services, right? Because um, if you don't have to worry about physical delivery, so, you know, until Amazon adopts lightning, you know, uh, (laughs) I think that's a long shot. But um, if you're just talking about digital delivery of goods and services, um, then it just makes a ton of sense that digital cash, electronic cash would be how you pay for that because you don't need a physical address you don't need a billing address you don't need an identity right um and that's where i think that the the games the video games uh kind of use case is really interesting um and i think it it's exciting that zebedee uh and thunder games are are working on that um i do need to get back on counter-strike i haven't played counter-strike in uh decades, (laughs) decades, <laughs> uh, so I uh, need to, to brush up on that to, to try it out. Um, but um, I also want to see some more uh, real-world uh, games. So for example, I recently went go-karting uh, for the first time in a long time uh, with my wife for our anniversary, and it was a lot of fun. And I want to do a go-karting term- tournament here in Austin uh, and have the buy-in be over Lightning. So uh, to, to participate, you've got to buy in and then the rewards will be over Lightning as well. So, uh, you know, whoever gets first, second, and third will, will pay out in Lightning. Um, and then also have the betting, right? Uh, we want to have real-time betting uh, with DLCs going on, uh, you know, ideally Lightning DLCs, although that might take a little bit longer. <laughs> But um, that's that's something that I was uh, a shower thought I was having of how much fun it would be to do that.
0: Yeah, you can do everything on Lightning, eh? Yeah. It, it's just like when you start to think about DLCs and what what they can enable, um, and then when you start to think about like how much of the global economy is really just payments back and forth of some in some form or another, um, I start to wonder about what what cannot be done on Lightning. Like you know the saying like if it can be built on bitcoin it will be built on bitcoin um what do you think can't be built on bitcoin And, and what over time like how much of payments move to bitcoin
1: um yeah i mean i think that in terms of money and payments uh everything can be built on lightning um some things do require trust uh and um you know, so I'm I'm not um, I I don't know about tokenization. You know about uh, stocks and bonds and all that. Um, whether that is really useful to have on Lightning, but you will want to buy stocks using Lightning, and you know s- you know trade Sats for stocks uh, or s- stocks for Sats whatever the uh, flow is, and that that would that would that would leverage lightning. Um, But I I don't know that there is tremendous value in uh, representing stocks on the lightning network um, or on a blockchain uh, versus because the the issuer is centralized. And so if the issuer is centralized, then it makes sense to me that they're the ones maintaining the ledger uh, and the best ledger technology in the world. If you are centralized is a SQL database, uh, not a blockchain. So, um, kind of bearish on that. Uh, that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay. One final question for you. Um, I want to hear, I want to hear a, maybe a controversial prediction or something that you think is not yet recognized by the Lightning community. Is there anything that you, you see kind of forming on the horizon? You, you, don't think there's enough attention on, but you think for sure that's going to happen? Or, or, you know, there's definitely going to be a a trend around something and, and it hasn't quite been recognized yet.
1: Yeah. um, So um, I think the controversial thing is that uh, lightning might not always be channel based. uh, Mm. And it certainly won't always be, um, you know, two peers in one channel uh, that will have uh, multi-party channels will have uh, there's coin pool that I'm really excited about. Um, and so, uh, you know, the the channel graph to, that we have today um, might just be an artifact of where we are in terms of the technology. And it's not based on uh, any kind of fundamentals that are immutable, right? Um, So uh, I'm sorry, folks who are curating their channels and hoping to keep them open for years. um, That, you know, that that might not be realistic. But I'm I'm open to being completely wrong on this. Uh, And also that, um, you know, having a channel open for years is great, but the reality is that the technology for channels is going to improve as well. So, you're going to want to upgrade your channel to Taproot. Um, I've heard that there might be ways to do that without closing the channel. Um, so, that would be cool. But, um, you know, if you want to turn that multi sig from a, a two of two, you know, old school multi sig into a, a mu sig, um, you're going to have to close the channel and reopen it. Um, so that's, that's kind of my, my Debbie Downer bummer announcement for uh, Lightning enthusiasts is that uh, the technology is going to continue to improve and in ways that might make uh, the network today very different or the network of tomorrow very different from the one of today.
0: Interesting. I always like hearing uh, different points of view on these topics. Is How would Lightning work if it's not channel-based?
1: Um, that... Um, basically you you join these giant pools and so you can think of it like what if we had a channel that had a thousand peers in it and um that's you know radically different from what we have today um and that to join and leave the channel that it doesn't have to be closed um and, and so uh it can just uh, you know continue to be open um you know, I'm hand-waving all the details here because I'm not a cryptography expert, um, but th- that that's kind of where I see this heading.
0: Fair enough. I appreciate the perspective and, and all the knowledge you've dropped on this episode. This was fascinating, and I learned so much. So thank you for the time. Um, real quick before we go, where can people uh, go to learn more about you and uh, the work you're doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Pierre underscore Rochard, um, and... Um, feel free to DM me, my DMs are open um, I'm also um, in you know, the, uh, the Lightning Telegram channels uh, But I, I don't know that Telegram's particularly secure It certainly feels, I don't know, it's probably just as secure as, as Twitter But um, yeah uh, Or uh, find the Kraken node on, on the graph and open up a channel
0: Awesome. I will link the Kraken node uh, to the description of this episode and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. Thanks again for the time.
1: Thanks for having me on, Kevin.
0: Cheers. Welcome to the lightning round presented by Voltage, the industry standard for lightning network infrastructure. Creating layer two applications and services on Bitcoin starts with Voltage, where you can spin up nodes, get access to liquidity, optimize your node and much more. Voltage is leading the way as the next generation platform for Lightning, and if you wanna check them out, you can get a free trial at voltage.cloud. Lightning round, here we go. In the last seven days, you guys sent in 8,148 sats. That comes in from 10 different supporters, as well as three messages, and a little bit of a dip in the sat support, which is to be expected because the last time I released an episode was, I believe, eight days ago. So, makes sense. I'll have a lot more content coming up soon, Uh, and as always, excited to read all your guys' messages. Um, Before we get into the messages, though, from the last few episodes, uh, I have to share the results of a contest that Fountain put on. If you recall a few episodes ago, I mentioned Fountain was giving away 1,000 sats to any uh, new listener on Fountain who played an episode of The Kevin Ruck Show in the month of March. That is complete. New listeners should have received 1,000 sats by now. Um, Fountain also is giving away, or decided to give away 50,000 sats uh, to a, a random listener um, in the month of March for The Kevin Rook Show. And uh, I made a decision that I announced a couple episodes ago that the best comment would get the 50,000 sats. So congratulations to at Y, that's a username at Y on Fountain, uh, for sending in all the comments and questions you've uh, sent in over the month of March uh, Too many to count, actually. There there must have been a dozen of them. Uh, So thank you for sending in the great comments, questions. Keep it up and enjoy the 50,000 sats. Now, in the last uh, week or two, I've got a few messages I gotta catch up on here. Um, Let's go back to uh, Peter, who said, I've never in my life heard a more dialed in and intelligent politician. Wow, good luck on 500K. Uh, that, that was a message Peter sent in on episode 30 with Brian Solston. Um, and the 500k, Peter, we passed it. Thank you for sending in sats. sats. Um, just passed it in the last week, so that means you guys have sent in over 500,000 sats of support to this show in the last few months. Uh, I, I believe I started the show about six months ago, but most of those sats uh, have come in in the last three months. So we're almost at 500k in the first quarter of uh 2022. Uh next comment comes in from BTC Rich. Says, Love hearing about how WebLN versus LNURL is complementary First time I had heard of WebLN. Keep up the good work. And that's in response to episode 28 with uh Michael Boomin and Moritz Kaminsky on Albi. Uh actually, I've I've started receiving some comments and uh sats on my Albi account. I put my Albi Username in every description on YouTube videos and on podcasts and uh, Specifically on and on my website as well And uh, I, I believe I've earned over 2,000 sats from a dozen or so uh, People or, or a dozen or so transactions uh, that people have sent in so Alby's doing some pretty cool stuff uh, I'm gonna keep an eye on the Albi account and see if people continue to send in uh, sats through Albi as well as Fountain. Uh, We have a few test transactions from Mary Oscar. I know he's always working on new stuff. So uh, who knows what who knows what the next uh, release for Fountain will look like. Um, We have HK1111 who sends a message that says go in response to uh, Anders Helseth on the State of the Lightning Network. Um, so there you go. Thank you for the 98sats, the HK1111. Uh, and those are all the messages you guys sent in the last uh, 10 or 15 days um, when I was kind of offline for a couple days. Uh, really excited for you guys to send in feedback on this episode. I know this Kraken announcement was a really big shift in people's understanding of the Lightning Network and um, I think this is gonna lead to a lot of other exchanges following suit and then further adoption from users. So can't wait to hear your thoughts um, on this week's episode and uh, we'll see you soon.